Hey, what's going on? This is your professional wrestling fix. Follow us on Facebook at 10 Wrestling Pro Wrestling Discussions, on Twitter at The Enzigiri, and catch new episodes of the 2300 Podcast with D.B. Richards, The Basement Dropkick with Fran Lizardic, on Anchor FM, Spotify, and other leading platforms. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to your premiere edition of The Basement Dropkick. It is Sunday, June 14, 2020, and this is your host, Fran. And to my right, we have the guest host with the most, the Cranberry Delight, the El Diablo Extraordinaire, Captain Competitiveness, Jamak Lucas, also known as JCL. JCL, give it up. <laughs> we just got done watching Backlash. And uh, before we get to that... We have to give a shout out to our to our official sponsor. God, it feels so weird saying that. So, Royal Tees and Custom Apparel is the official sponsor of Ten Wrestling with the Twenty Three Hundred Podcast with DB Richards and the Basement Dropkick with Fran Lazardic. Go to www.royaltiescustomapparel.com. Place your order online for our latest podcast apparel. When placing your order, use promo code Enzigiri and get 10% off your purchase of $25 or more. I gotta make a criticism to that. Who the heck even knows what the spelling of Enzigiri is? If you don't know what the spelling of Enzigiri is, I'm gonna give it to you right now. It is E-N-Z-U-I-G-I-R-I. Oh yeah. Why doesn't anyone know how to spell that? I have no idea. And also, for RoyaltiesCustomerApparel.com, if you forget that or how it's spelled it will soon be up on our facebook page which is 10 wrestling pro wrestling discussions and you could also ask dave brocker also known as db richards fran lazardic jamak lucas and a few other people that are on the admin page so so what are you waiting on get your latest insecurity apparel now and call 1-800-597-2517 okay you could either go to the website or you could go to the number the number once again is 1-800-597-2517 oh man i gotta work on that but i'm not gonna <laughs> take that over again because hey look it's I, our first I've already, I've already done a few takes and uh it's like 10 30 in the evening and we just got done watching backlash i don't know how i feel about this show um it was a show, that was for sure. Well, we didn't catch the pre-match. You remember what the pre-match was? Uh, Apollo versus Andrade. Yes, Apollo Crews versus Andrade. We didn't catch the match, so we can't give an opinion on it. However, Apollo Crews defeated Andrade in a singles match for the WWE United States Championship at 7 minutes and 25 seconds, according to wikipedia.org. <laughs> yes, that's where I get my news from, Wikipedia, so... All right, so next up, we have Bailey and Sasha Banks defeating Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and the Iconics in a triple threat tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Uh, I'm not going to give an opinion on the match, but I want to ask for your opinion on what they are doing with Bailey and Banks. They don't know what they're doing with Bailey and Banks. Okay, it started off good having. Setting setting up the eventual turn on Bailey by Sasha, but I don't know why they had to just suddenly change that and just give him the titles. Like, what does that solve? Nah, I'm not no really difference. sure. 
What was the thing that you were mentioning when we were watching the show about what they need to do with the Iconics? They need to, like, do more with them. They're the only legit women's tag team in WWE that was there before the titles were even a concept. But didn't they have... Didn't they have them win the tag titles at one of the WrestleManias? Yeah, and then, like, do nothing with them and then lose immediately to Alexa Bliss and Mickey. Or Nikki. Or Nikki. Nikki, yeah. Or Mickey Jane. It's cross. Yeah, they're both thick. I get them mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I just get them mixed up all the time. They're, they're a couple of psycho crazy people. Wow. Where do we even start with this one? Sheamus defeating Jeff Hardy in a singles match at 16 minutes. Uh, it was a, almost a 17-minute match, and it felt like it went on about 30 minutes. This was literally just Jeff's suspension on TV. That's all this was. So, for the longest time, for years, any storyline like this would have gotten so much shit. Like, we're talking about Hawks attempted suicide on, on, on Monday Night Raw. We're talking about Scott Hall showing up intoxicated on Nitro. This stuff gets shit on. Yeah. And I did not think that WWE would run with a storyline like this outside of the fact that they were just burying Jeff. It's like, okay, yeah, Jeff messed up again. Let's suspend him find him, then make him come back, and then put his storyline together where we're basically rubbing his nose in the fact that he fucked up. And we're also doing this because your brother is on AEW television. That too. Because we gotta make it look like the Hardy Boys are a couple of bitches. So. I mean, at the same time, somebody else could turn around and be like, oh, you guys, you guys are just giving your opinion. I mean, Jeff's getting paid for it. Do you think he really cares? We're talking about the guy that got buried at a victory road against sting because he showed up unable to wrestle yeah so on one hand jeff should be happy as hell that he even has a job right now on the other hand he probably has enough money that he could retire and not have to worry about working anymore so unless he's bad with his money i we all know that matt's pretty good with money imagine that jeff's not too stupid i mean how often do Okay, when he was not in WWE or TNA or any other place, you ever remember, like, you know, hearing about, hearing reports about Jeff working indie shows, like, he, he like, he needed to work, like, That's no, fair he, point, no he was always doing his, like, music projects. He always had something else going on. So, there's that. Asuka retains the title after a match with Nia Jax ended in a double countout at about eight and a half minutes. See, I, I just feel like making Nia look strong by doing the countout routine is just played out because Nia has consistently lost on a regular basis for as long as I've seen her on television. Like, there's no point in making her look strong when it doesn't amount to anything. <laughs> And Asuka needs to have that strong victory to make up for the fact that she was handed the title. Exactly. I mean, we can have we can have uh, Becky Lynch put her over and be like, "You won the women's money in the bank. You're the champ." That, that she got handed the belt. Yeah. 
she should have squashed Naya. Didn't happen. Well, not like she so, didn't do it before. I just don't understand why she can't do it now. Because it's not NXT. Uh, okay. And we all know that her mojo disappeared the second that she lost to Charlotte. <laughs> you know, it's just... <laughs> See, even my mom agrees. Yeah. <laughs> Braun Strowman defeats The Miz and John Morrison in a two-on-one handicap match, and we're not even going to talk about the match. We're going to talk about that music video. <laughs> I don't even remember exactly... I don't even remember the match at all. I just remember the music video. I don't remember <laughs> the catchy thing that Corey Graves kept burying into everybody's brain. Good job, Graves. You didn't do it good enough, because I already forgot. <laughs> I just remember it was something terrible, but kind of funny at the same time. The, okay, you know what? I don't like to use the word marks. I, I really don't, even if we are just a bunch of marks, but... Alright, can I just take a this pause is, real fast? Hold on a second. Oh, okay, it. go ahead. Why is marks a bad term? Like, it's, it's, it, just, it's, it just means that, you know, you're not jaded. No, no, no. It's in the context of how it's used. Because some people can use it and say you're a fan, and other people can use it as an insult, so... But, like, why is it an insult to be a fan? Like, it means that you think it means that you th- everything. It means that you think it's real. We're not talking about the ones that go, oh, they're doing real damage to their bodies. No, it's real. All I'm saying <laughs> is you can't complain about someone being a mark and then be upset that the Undertaker is going by his real name now. That is very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh uh we'll talk about that later. <laughs> So, John Morrison is officially the Miz of the Miz and John Morrison. How did did a guy go from being the Impact World Heavyweight Champion to the Miz's sidekick? The Miz's bitch. (laughs) Like, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Two things. First off, Morrison has had the most... I mean, the least impactful return out of anybody. Like, I feel like MVP got more out of his return than Morrison did. And Morrison won a title. (laughs) (laughs) And second, his entrance doesn't hit the same without the pyro and the the smoke in the fans. And, and, and yeah, the flowing hair. The flowing hair. We need to make budget cutbacks. You're lucky you even get the slow motion, okay? <clears throat> Moving on. Drew McIntyre defeats Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. He retained the title in about 13 minutes and 15 seconds. Can I just say, the funniest thing about that match is how they've been setting up the master lock as like the deciding factor move in this match. Dude. He broke the master lock, so the powers were given to him. <laughs> it's just this, like, of all the, like, the moves that he could have used, like, the master lock. How about the Dominator? You stopped using that since you, like, debuted. See, you didn't ever even because you thought it's true. Because the Dominator wins matches, and Bobby Lashley doesn't, okay? That's a bad thought. You know, I mean... Go back to Impact, Bobby. Honestly, go anywhere, really. You have to be delusional or just completely stupid 
to believe any other reason besides Bobby Lashley wanting to come back because he wants a match with Brock. He kind of made that clear before he even went back to WWE. And it's not going to happen. They're literally just stringing him along. And, and he's doing literally anything because he hopes it gets him closer to that. And he's he's further from it now than when he got that. We're gonna we're gonna have you managed by Leo Rush. We're gonna have you take Rusev's wife away. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna pair you off with MVP. And these things will probably work if they actually went somewhere, but they don't. They don't go anywhere. So, is even only around just because they can't, you know, they got to commit to the story <laughs> until they write her off for whatever stupid reason. And then the second she gets divorced, now go back to Rusev. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm putting my, I'm putting out in the universe now. The minute they do the she did, gets divorced storyline, she's going to be released right like the next day. And that's when they go to AEW. <laughs> <laughs> What's Miro doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> Can we have Rusev, like, you know, I mean, I, I realize that the the idea of normal is going to take much longer than people would like, because even now, things are not normal, but I want to get to the point where we can have Rusev and Lana show up at the House of Hardcore. <laughs> I just want one show where the ECW arena crowd is chanting Rusev Day. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. So before we get to the main event, we got to talk about the Street Profits and oh, Viking Raiders. God. What even was that? There were uh, the fact that they scrapped their tag match for that. Okay, so where do we even start? Do 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 we start with the dream sequences? Do we start where one of the Viking Raiders is threatening the other one with a bowling ball before he actually bowls the ball into the dude's nuts? Do we talk about Akira Tozawa and his ninja crew <laughs> rolling up on motorcycles? <laughs> Which most people will probably be like, "Oh, that's offensive." I mean, that was hilarious. It was out of nowhere <laughs> yeah uh, do we talk about when they were in the dumpster with the random tentacle arm <laughs> do we talk about the slow motion jumping high five do we talk about <coughs> do we talk about him using the force to grab the turkey leg out the bush was it the force or was it the schwartz <laughs> and whose idea was that who do you uh, think came up with that? Like, I almost want to think it's like that was a Paul Heyman idea just to be petty for leaving. <laughs> you're you're going to demote me? Well, this is my last storyline. Yeah, <laughs> I'm putting that out in the universe right before you let me go. Have fun recovering from that dumpster fire. That dumpster fire was awesome. It was honestly the best part of the show. You know what? It was the best part of the show up until that point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. We gotta get this out of the way. Randy Orton wins the greatest wrestling match ever. 
God, that just sounds so weird to say. <laughs> we are going to the say the greatest this. match ever in wrestling was won by Randy Orton. <laughs> yes, Randy Orton wins the greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, and I'll give I'll give them that it was a decent match. Went on a little too long, but it was a decent match all around. I like the pacing of it. Yeah, we're going to. Uh... God, I don't want to break this down, but there was there was actually a lot to say about this, and like some of it was really hard to comprehend what they were going for. I was just because on one hand it was like, okay, is this a is this a social media experiment? Are they doing this so that when people Google search the greatest wrestling match ever online, they're going to come up with Red, Randy Orton versus Edge? Okay, um, did Vince McMahon smoke a joint? one night in in the offices like booking or doing whatever meetings he was doing and go you know what randy orton and edge you guys have to have the greatest wrestling match ever he's like that's a tagline no i'm serious (laughs) seriously guys new japan starts up in like 18 hours i need you to set the bar super high (laughs) And and then orton because he doesn't give a fuck he goes Vince, when did you ever care about that? (laughs) (laughs) I think the one thing, definitely the one thing that took me out of the match was like seeing the advertisement for it everywhere in the match. Like why you need the poster three times on the same wall. So the Titan Tron or whatever, whatever it's even called these days, the big screen had the greatest wrestling match ever. The side screens had the greatest wrestling match ever. The, the, ring, the apron. ring apron, greatest wrestling match the ever. The commentator booth, greatest wrestling match ever. Um, the like, commentary mentioning it's the greatest match ever. The only thing that was missing was the referee wearing a greatest wrestling match ever shirt. <laughs> and then them having currently trending on Twitter, greatest wrestling match ever, which they couldn't do because it was pre because it was recorded. So yeah, right. Of course, they could have done it anyway. Not to mention the Howard Finkel spot. That was whoa, whoa. I okay. So, so for anybody that didn't watch it, and and honestly, do yourself a favor and watch it because it was a very fascinating watch to see what they consider what a great wrestling match would be. But so with Howard, so at the beginning of the match, so they have Edge and Orton come out. I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head. So they have Edge and Orton come out. They don't, and and they're in the ring, and then the lights go down. Then you have one of those old school, like Mr. Kennedy style mics. Yeah, it it was it was like a MGM mic or whatever. It goes down. There's a spotlight in the middle of the ring, and then they have a dub over voice of Howard Finkel basically saying, "When Edge and Orton came out, and it was Fink's voice. I mean, like they just straight up like they took the clearest intro of him introducing them they could find, and then just." And I saw that, and I said, that's a very nice touch. I think some people might feel a little weird about that. I really hope that Fink's family was cool with it. Yeah, personally, I would have had Chimmel. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, because then it won't be the greatest wrestling match ever, because you can't have cracking Tony Chimmel doing his voice. But that would have been awesome. So... 
let's actually so what else what else have they tried to okay the the canned crowd reactions yeah that 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 took and, me out and of and, and I want to know who was actually in charge of doing those edits because every because it was actually in line with most of the actual crowd reactions so every single time you saw people clapping it was like okay there's what less than a hundred people in the crowd okay we're going to have thousands of people clapping now yeah. or when they were chanting this is awesome or I you know something else that I really hate I hate that they're taking crowd chants that crowds generate themselves and they're like oh, oh we're gonna make this our thing they basically patented crowd chants essentially yes and they patent it during things but so this is what this is something else I couldn't understand the only thing that would have been more authentic was a can CM Punk chant oh my god no so this is why I did not understand and they've been doing this ever since they started with the whole plexiglass and trying to get the performance center trainees some work bitching and complaining about standing over my god seven hours yeah welcome to amazon like you know so it's guys you're getting you're getting paid to i, I think so watch wrestling matches oh my god that's so hard you know so i i really i really wish as much of a dick bag that hardcore holly was have him come out and be like guys you're complaining about this let me tell you what I had to go through. <laughs> and I was a jobber, okay? <laughs> you know, think about going to every single wrestling show and wondering if X-Pac is shit in your bags. <laughs> you know, you guys have it good. So, But one of, the, um, one of the things I couldn't understand, though, was that, okay, so during the other matches, they had clear heel face reactions. It's like, okay, this is the heel, this is the face but then with Orton and Edge, I mean, yeah, they had it where Orton was getting booed and Edge was getting cheered. But at the parts where the the crowd was really getting into it and they were really getting invested, all of a sudden it turned into a smart mark crowd. All of a sudden they were chanting, let's go Orton, let's go Edge. This match is awesome. Like, you know, fight for it. Yeah, and I said that. I was like, wait for it. Wait, fight forever chant. Like, so it's like they, there was effort there. It, you know, there there really was effort there. It just almost it just seemed like they were trying too hard. But at the same time, when so so they so it was like a typical NXT pay per view match. No, that was a Triple H match. Triple H matches didn't have the pace that that match had. Yeah, Triple H matches were also forty minutes, but this match was forty five minutes. Triple H matches. That go about 30 minutes feel like 60 minutes. <laughs> this actually felt like a 45 minute match. It was just the fact that like, okay guys. Do you think that you're maybe asking for too much from Edge? You know? Well, I mean from what he showed he was doing good. Up until his legit injury to his tricep. But which I'll give him credit for. Wrestling throughout the rest of the match with that wasn't wrestling. But if you didn't know that he was injured, would you be able to see it? True. It reminded me of, so, if that's the case, and we'll find out more when they actually, when WWE's website, or if they actually mention something on television, or if he gets written off for eight months, and obviously we know what happened. But, um... Tell me if you remember this match. It was a match with Cesaro 
against Roman Reigns. And Cesaro had an arm injury. He was wrestling Roman with, with like a, he had a tear in his arm. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't know they had a tear in his arm, you wouldn't have been able to tell because yeah. Cesaro's a machine. He was the guy that basically said, you train both arms like you can only use one arm. Yeah. He kind of said something along those lines. If anybody wonders why Cesaro's such a beast, there you go. Because <laughs> the, the effort that it takes for people to use two arms, he's like, I could just do that with one. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? have you ever seen any you ever seen the old Instagram video of like him at the gym with like Bailey and a bunch of other NXT rookies? Oh. And they're like putting so much effort into the deadlift. And he just walks over and fucking casually picks it up and starts doing sets. <laughs> <laughs> I had a buddy of mine who was, uh, he was talking about when he was going through the message boards and just reading up on, he said, dude, if Cesaro went to a doctor, a doctor would probably be like, dude, your entire body just consists of like protein supplements <laughs> like that's all you're just you're just you're just walk you're just like a walking protein shake <laughs> he said if you would have read um cesaro's like regimen or what he does for how much he consumes you'd be like dude that's not human <laughs> yeah so yeah it was it was if if there was not a report of Edge getting injured and we still don't know exactly what it was. I mean, they, I mean, they could say online that it was, you know, what it was but until they actually say something on TV, you know, so it's just but then that would also explain, but then it would, but then the, the, the match itself, it, then it would have played out perfectly because he because he ended the match with a punt kick, which he hasn't hit in years. Yeah. Like, they were literally, I mean, it looked like they were really trying to make the best match ever. Yeah, they were pulling out all the stops as far as moves go. I but, like how they weren't using, like, the finishing moves until, like, the very end. But the thing that was so impressive was the fact that, like, there were parts of the match that picked up about three quarters through the match. It wasn't like, okay, I'll give you an example. So when The Rock returned, and... His match, his matches against Punk were decent, but his matches with Cena, you remember the first match he had with Cena? Yeah. How how he looked like he was ready to shit himself after the match was over? Yeah. Edge did not look like that. Yeah. And uh, his cardio game was like ridiculous. Yeah. You see, that's what happens when you build Hollywood muscle, and then you build like, yeah, I'm going for a marathon. <laughs> so. I still have I still have vivid picture I still have a vivid picture in my head where the, the Rock when because I saw this I'm trying to remember where I saw this I saw this at a restaurant at Concord Mall just to give you an idea of how of like you know where I was at, at the time and I was watching it with a friend of mine and we were both just going like this dude Rock looks like he's ready to vomit like he looks really out of it and then the match is over. Rock's getting in the Rock's getting on top is like oh god it, are we gonna see like something like running down his leg uh. like, and then you have Cena who's on the outside sitting down not huffing and puffing at all he didn't even break a damn sweat <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody you know what for as much shit as Cena gets he gets way too much shit you posted something on Facebook showing how awesome he is, though. 
it was the one thing where talking about what was the donation that he gave? Oh, where he matched the um the other people who donated a million dollars to the Black Lives Matter cause. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. Now, we're not going to talk about that too much. Obviously, it's a huge subject right now, but there are a couple of things to mention with that. So, when uh, when Chad, how do you say his last name? Chad, Chad Gaspar. Yeah, yeah. When 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 he had his unfortunate when he had his unfortunate death, and uh, on the one donation page that they were giving for his family. And you had, you know, you had, like, you had your celebrity names, or not oh, celebrity yeah. names, but it was like, you know, you had, like, Tony Khan and Jericho and everybody else, and they were given, like, you know, five, six, ten thousand dollars $10,000. And then you had that mysterious donation for, like, 40000 or fit or whatever it was. 40000 Yeah, and it was under, like... CTC. CTC. And it was like, oh, good old John Cena with his cryptic messages, you know... I mean, he could have just flat out said who it was from. It was obviously him. Yeah, because then he posted a picture of, like, the CTC moment on Raw on his Instagram. Yeah. And anybody who who's followed, I mean, they, they, were, they were really cool with each other. And, obviously, Chad was a big bodybuilding guy, so I'm sure that him and Cena got along great. <clears throat> but the other thing was, was uh, so moving on to the... Black Lives Matter situation when okay so we were talk so so CM Punk had an exchange online when he was talking about when somebody was mentioning something about uh, AJ Styles and they said oh AJ Styles hasn't mentioned anything about that like you know I and then CM Punk essentially said well does it really come as a big surprise I mean and he mentioned a couple of things instances where it was like yeah, it's staying the obvious that uh, he's a southern boy, I guess is a nice way of putting it. So then when AJ Styles was questioned on CM Punk's comments, he basically said, well, I'm not going to give an opinion to something from somebody who I don't respect. He was basically scurrying away from the question in hand. Mm -hmm. And what was the comparison that you gave when you were like... It's like basically someone being like, hey, did you do this crime we think you did? And the other person being like, oh, look, a bird. Or somebody goes, how about how about, how about about the Eagles game the other day? <laughs> One of the things that everybody was mentioning was they said, uh, well, well, AJ Styles might be a homophobe because he got triggered when somebody said that the gay community was a huge fan of his. <laughs> <laughs> The sad truth, especially when it comes to wrestling and the fact that obviously all these people are human beings and they're going to share the same flaws and strengths and weaknesses as everybody else that talks about this stuff, is the fact that you kind of wonder why The Undertaker stayed in kayfabe for so long and then you actually, and then you watch this docu-series on WWE's network and you realize... Man, I wish he would just would have stayed in character the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I loved the Boneyard match. And the mark inside of me goes, man, AJ Styles versus The Undertaker was awesome. But 
Fuck Alan Jones and Mark Calloway. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple other things I wanted to talk about. Um, so, AEW had their, I guess this would be their annual quote-unquote WrestleMania show, was a double or nothing. And I honestly forgot almost the entire show with the exception of the of the stadium stampede match which coincides with AEW and WWE's I mean I know that every company that actually still is running shows right now they're they're trying different things to make things work right now but one of the things that everybody's been talking about has been the cinematic matches which was made popular obviously by Matt Hardy but uh so everybody had mixed opinions on how AEW's been uh, handling things with their cinematic take. Did you watch the match? Double nothing? or the Did you watch the Stampede match? I watched bits and pieces of it. What's your take on that? How, how they're doing it? Do you think that they're just like, you know what? We're going to make things so over the top that people just kind of forget that there's no crowd there. That's the way I see it. I mean, we don't have to be fucking analysts for every goddamn wrestling-related thing. Sometimes it's just have fun. You know what I mean? But that's the thing, is that... Like, they weren't trying to be serious with the Stampede match. But even if you're having fun, you still want to understand why you're having fun. It's like, why do I enjoy this, you know? I mean... What? You don't have to be jaded. You can you can still be a critic it's like and still... Stick. You don't have to wonder why you like it. It's just funny. Okay, so what's your favorite part of that? My favorite part of the Stampede match definitely has to be two things. One, chasing Sammy Guerrero on the golf cart. That's definitely my, one of my favorites. And the 50-yard line clothesline from <laughs> the Young Bucks. You know what my favorite was? The 100-yard Northern Lights suplex. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking to a buddy of mine online. And, and and I used to do e-fetting, which, I mean, is kind of hokey, but whatever. Like, you know, there's, like, when it comes to fantasy wrestling and the storylines that are written and the kind of matches that you just do when it's just on paper, you don't have to worry about realism. I was watching that match going, this is something straight out of e-fed wrestling. Like, who the fuck would put this on TV? Well, AEW did. So... So that's going to transition into the the full-on topic of so ever since the COVID-19 pandemic came around and we've had the shows without the crowds and all the companies trying different things and in general like sports and entertainment they're all trying to do different things I mean you, you see that UFC is holding their shows without crowds which I, I, it's a little more effective with them because when you're watching the, when you're watching the the MMA matches you're watching it inside of a cage anyway mm-hmm. so it's the this there's not really as oh, big of a disconnect and, there third and Dan White's previous idea putting them all on a secluded island basically reenacting Mortal Kombat that would have been hilarious <laughs> that would have been hilarious ah uh, you know what he totally needs to do that anyway <laughs> <laughs> And Dana White needs to come out of nowhere and go, 
finish him. He needs to come out dressed up like Shang Tsung. <laughs> and he, he crosses armies like, is that your best? <laughs> and then whenever someone loses, he's like, your soul is mine. <laughs> we also have The NBA is in talks because they they canceled their season like seven, like it was like three quarters way through. So they're all talking about like do we do we finish up these uh, do we finish up whatever games are left or do we just have a so many different sports are trying to make things work. And then on the other hand, you have all the NBA got all the NBA has to do is this March Madness style tournament. But here's the other That's thing. It. But here's the other thing, though. Then you have the people, and this is as far as, like, the player unions and everything, and this is kind of scurrying away from the wrestle talk. We'll get back to that in a second. But as far as the unions go, they're like, oh, you know, if we if we have a shortened season, then all the players are going to have to take a pay cut. And we could talk about how how overpaid these athletes are to start out with. That that's that's also a different subject, but there's a lot of people that are like, no, I I'm 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 under contract to do this, like this is what I want to do. So that's also been a big issue is just trying to come up with an agreement that works for all parties involved. But so there's just so much shit going on with that, and then you know you got the you got the movies and everything, and everybody's like, well, uh, you know, when's the right time to start re-release? I mean, there's. So many different things, and yet the pandemic's not even over yet. You know, people seem to forget about that because of everything that's been going on with the George Floyd situation mm-hmm. that it's kind of gone out the window. So, and then of course, there, and then everybody's conspiracy theorists and say it's all just fake news. And and you know, let's just let's just go about doing what we've been doing. You know, so yeah, twenty twenty is such a fun year. It's so awesome. What else we got here? So back to the wrestle subject. We had, so the cinematic matches with w, with uh, AEW. How do you feel that WWE has been handling them? Say again? The, the, the cinematic pre-recorded style that they've been doing, and we're not talking about the WrestleMania matches. We're basically talking about anything else that they've been doing outside of that, including the the segments like that they had with Mandy Rose and Otis. Or and uh, you know what? Tonight with Orton versus Edge was the first time that they actually tried cinematic style within a match, like within an actual match. Mm-hmm. Do you think that these are things that they need to incorporate in the future once everything gets back to normal? It de- it really just depends on the match itself. Honestly. Like, Undertaker match, if he ever does it, definitely going forward. I feel like the more zany, over-the-top gimmicky shit, definitely. Um, like, actual ma- like match matches where there's like no gimmick, it's just straight one-on-one. I think it should be normal. Unless it's like how NXT did the match between Dream and Cole. Yeah. That that gets a pass. But like that, 
and how Orin and Edge were. Those did pass, but nothing too like dynamic camera. You know what I mean? One of the things that um, I wish they would do more of was this was a segment that they had in the performance center back when they actually still had a limited crowd before they went to zero was do you remember the performance center brawl that Ciampa and Gargano had yeah it was the one where Ciampa got thrown through the glass mm-hmm. yeah it was really funny watching that and then watching Edge and Orton's brawl cause I was like Ciampa and Gargano looked like they killed each other and Edge and Orton looked like they were bored with each other. <laughs> and I get that they were going for, like, you know, as Orton would have said most recently on on social media, like, oh, you know, the NXT guys are so dynamic and athletic, but they need to slow things down. And do you think that this is all slowly feeding into the whole idea of, hey, Orton just won the greatest wrestling match ever. Maybe we need to have him go to NXT. <laughs> I am serious. How long is it going to be till we see Orton in NXT? God, I hope that does not happen. Just, but let's say because it's different NXT. Like they act to actually earn those spots on the card. You know what I mean? Just for Orton to get a buy and to potentially either get put over. Just, but what no. if all of this is just building up to Ciampa making Orton his bitch? I, I mean, I would love to see that happen. Because here's what you have to remember, is that on one hand you would say, why would they do that? It's Randy Orton. On they did the, it with Kevin Owens. But, but, but on the other hand, you have to remember... If you watch Randy Orton, if you see him when he's just bullshitting or playing video games and shouting off stuff that uh, Tony Khan hates, and uh, does Orton really give a fuck if he wins or loses? Not really. Does he really care? The dude is getting paid big money just to show up. Yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, this kind of goes back to a WWE backstage clip. Uh, do you remember the clip where after Brock Lesnar retained the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns, how he went to the backstage with the belt, takes the belt off, and throws that Vince? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that show you? That shows you that they don't give a fuck well, about wins and losses like that. Well, or, or, Brock really doesn't give a shit. Orton just is like, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. Yeah. If you want me to, if you want me to get legit concussed by Brock Lesnar, that's what I'm getting paid for. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, I really think that this is because here's the thing: Orton and Edge's feud. If Edge really is legit injured, that feud is over, and they need to keep Orton busy for the next six to eight months. Yeah. So this would just make her it's like everything was meant to happen this way. Unfortunately. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting. It's a good way to end the feud because it does not need to go on longer than that. Right edge off for a little bit, get let him get some R and R, heal up, rest up, make Orton 
you know, hype him up a little bit more now, you know, just to, you know, keep that same momentum going. And then... I think they're going to do it because Orton just won the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> now he has to go to the greatest wrestling brand, NXT. Oh, God. You see, like I said, there is a reason why they built it that. It makes sense now, doesn't it? It just... I can't see it being Chopper, especially coming off the loss from Karrion Cross. Well, people are calling Karrion Cross a weak Orton. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what? So Orton will, Orton will come around and be like, dude, you couldn't even beat Karrion Cross. What makes you think you could beat me? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. How much time I got? It's like 44 minutes into this. I'm not trying to make this go too long, but there is something else to talk about. So, we had NXT um, NXT held their TakeOver show, and that was an interesting uh, experiment, how they tried to incorporate In Your House. And seeing Top Pen go was hilarious. And, and, that was pretty funny. And, and, I, and I love the 90s theme, like video packages, and just the presentation. The commercials. Yes. And then we also had uh, Velveteen Dream channel his his inner Negan, <laughs> which was that 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 was uh, it was an interesting show to say the least. And Dexter Loomis is like one of my favorite wrestlers right now. Mine too, because he is the he is the guy that acts like a heel. He has a rape face. <laughs> or, or I'm sorry not my not, friend said he's literally just the wrestling version of the killer from Lovely Bones yeah he, he's got <laughs> I'm not going to say rape face that's that's too much he's got the angry face no the psycho face yeah he's got um why is he a face <laughs> it doesn't make any sense he kidnaps Undisputed Era, locks him in a trunk, and drives off. And then he, t like you say, he takes her phone and hacks her. <laughs> his, his finisher isn't even his finisher isn't isn't even like a face finisher. It's literally an anaconda device. And then when they get put to sleep, he fucking rests, like rubs their head and puts. The <laughs> like what? What face is doing that? What, what face is you, you, what face is choking you out? And then stroking your head lovingly. You want to know why? Because this is NXT, and Triple H loves faces like this because he's so metal. His theme isn't even face-like. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, no, I love his theme. Nothing about even, him is a face. Even if everyone says it sounds like Stranger Things, I love his theme. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Karrion Cross. I get that the he... The wrestler or the... Or the okay, man? okay. So, I get that it's mostly his character, that the guy is actually a very good wrestler, but I don't like the incorporation of his character, like his... The fall and pray shit. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with a really good way of explaining it without making it sound overly complicated. So, he's all about his entrance, his extremely, I mean, Finn Balor levels of choreography entrance... And his entrance is awesome. His theme is awesome. I just can't wait to see how they. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't like. I don't like when something that should be portrayed as organic, 
personality comes Seems across cool. as extremely bullshitty. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Especially with Scarlet. So, I can buy the character, but not with him. Yeah, because I don't even think that was his gimmick before he came to NXT, right? Yeah. So, I, I, can, I can buy the character, not with him. It's like they're... It's like his they, gimmick yeah. is what Eric Young's gimmick should have been in NXT. And he started off very strong, obviously, because he he like just treated Ciampa like a bitch, you know, for his first pay per view debut match. You know what they're basi- I just really you know what they're basically making cross? What's that? A buff monster Alistair Black. Yeah, pretty much. Even even down to the whole like oh, we're gonna turn to we're gonna turn to sand clock upside down. Your time's running out. What do you think they're going to do with Adam Cole, though? Because, honestly, he should have lost the belt to Dream. I'm not saying that as a Velveteen Dream fan. I'm just saying, like... There's nothing else for him to do. Yeah, like, there's really nothing else for him to do. Like, once you get to the point where you've held the belt longer than literally everybody in the history of the company, you don't need it that much anymore. Well, on one hand, people are saying, well, NXT is not a... It's, it's, it's not a developmental brand, so he's just holding the belt because he's he's like the main guy in the brand right now, which there's been people that have held the titles that have not been the main guys of brands. So that, that kind of throws that argument out the window. Then you have the other one where, according to whichever news source you listen to, there's some people that say, oh, Adam Cole hasn't signed a new extension. And other people say, oh, he has. But when there is an interview done with Adam Cole, when somebody actually mentioned that to him, asking him, did you sign a new contract, he did not answer the question. So... I don't think he's going to go anywhere. But But if he did go anywhere, AEW probably is going to be the most likely option just because his wife's there. I mean, his girlfriend's there. But here's the thing, though, is that he didn't answer the question, which one would assume that would mean that he didn't sign yet and he doesn't want to talk about it or he's holding off for more money that's exactly he's he's going to do the same thing that Randy Orton did except Adam Cole obviously has many friends in AEW because they pick they they post pictures up with online all the time they 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 show pictures of hanging out with him even even recently he was at the AEW company fucking party (laughs) yeah so, so Adam Cole is a made man in two of the big companies. Like, basically, he can do whatever, whatever he wants. Three, if you count Ring of Honor. If you count it, <laughs> not saying you have. To. Now, to give Ring of Honor credit, they they look like they were close to just being dead, and they're doing a little better now. Now that they have, aren't they running a? Aren't they actually doing business with... Like, Marty Scrolls in NWA, but... He's their, like, lead booker or something. Yeah, but doesn't doesn't Scrolls' contract allow him to essentially kind of do whatever he wants? Pretty much. Yeah. That's probably the agreement they came up with, so... But yeah, Adam Cole is a... It's almost like he's in the position that Kenny Omega was in around the ass end of his new japan contract where he was like wow i know that regardless of what i'm doing i'm gonna have a lot of money soon 
a whole lot else to really talk about right now. Uh, let's see what we got here. I haven't I had a message from DB he said hey we have a new ending for basement dropkick well thank you but he didn't send it so apparently uh, he's holding off until the next episode thank you very much <clears throat> if anybody has not listened to Dave the DB show he's got three current interviews on our new Anchor FM page one of them is an interview of Primal Fear they're all interviews because he's a interview based show uh, David Adams, Lance Inouye, Inouye and Primal Fear when you get a chance take a look at those you can get the link on 10 Wrestling Pro Wrestling Discussions Facebook page So, I think House of Hardcore and Icons of Wrestling and all these other companies have been kind of holding off because of the current pandemic. I uh, believe that they might start scheduling stuff soon if they haven't already done it. And we were able to get some wonderful El Diablo earlier yeah. and actually sit down and eat. And that was awesome. Especially since the guy who always skimps out on our food actually decided to hook us up this time. And all it took was him writing it down on our to-go boxes. Yes, see? Anything is possible. Wow. But next time we got to try karaoke madness. Yes, there are a couple of places that I want to try out when we can actually sit down and eat in there. Unfortunately, the place that JCL mentioned earlier... Did not have it. It was just takeout. We only have the time, so. And delivery, but I don't think they deliver on it. Yeah. <clears throat> what else? What else do we got here? What else? You know what? That's about it for right now. Uh, let's see. What the hell did my buddy say? He says, Who here is Huge Edgehead? Love his matchful. What the hell? Okay, I'm just looking at the Facebook page. I'm just going to keep my mouth open right now. that's it for this week I don't know when the next episode is because I ain't on a schedule right now and I'm going to be back on a schedule well I'm going to be back on a schedule soon too so <laughs> however until I decide when I'm going to have another scheduled show DB Richards with the 2300 podcast has been doing interviews scheduled every Sunday and posted up once a week regardless if you check our page again at 10 wrestling pro wrestling discussions that's when you'll see when the interviews episodes and what have you get posted so that's it for this week yeah thanks for joining me jamak it's been a very long time i yeah. miss you man I miss you too buddy yeah it's been a while yep we gotta do this again sometime soon especially if uh dave stops over and brings his switch so we can get some Mario Kart going again. That's a topic for another time. Until next time, this is Fran and JCL. See you soon. Bye, everybody.